Welcome to the podcast of Vertical Life Church. We hope and pray these messages encourage and challenge you to find your glorious purpose in Christ Jesus. For more information, visit us on the web at www.vlchurch.tv. God is so good, amen? All right, so let's start off with just giving him some praise. Let's just take a few seconds and just... And just clap and just show pure joy. We're going to start it off with uh, a few announcements. And um, then we'll get into the message. So uh, prayer night, I have some good news, is starting again in January 17th. Okay. So there's a lot of excitement over here. We need a little bit more over here, okay? So, well, it's not a competition. One, two, three, go. Yeah, all right. You know why it's so exciting my prayer night starting back up? Because there are so many miracles that take place on Sunday nights when we get together and we just start praising God and, and, and laying our, uh, our desires out for him. So, uh, the adult life group meets at 930 on Sunday mornings. And I want to make sure that everybody is aware that it is in room C16, which is over here. And they are starting a new lesson on prophetic uh, ministries. And uh, so there's uh, pretty good stuff that's getting ready to take place in that class. So we encourage you. I know it's tough getting up early in the morning, but uh, it's definitely worth it if you get here by 930 and, and can participate in that. And then the food giveaway is December 29th from 9 until noon, and as always, we need lots of volunteers. So uh, it's been such a success with how much help and how much generosity has went into this, and especially in a time right now where there's just so much need. Uh, so it's just been a pleasure to, to watch. Um, we are going to be starting up some youth events for the next year, and so we're going to be getting together this week, and we're going to put our schedule together, so that's exciting, right? Uh, for all the group over here? Okay. So you guys, I know it's been a minute before since I've been up here, but you know how this is. This is a full participation Sunday. Can you guys hang with that? All right. And uh, then we have one more announcement. This was just a, a curveball dropped at the last minute, but Michelle and Scott are going to be standing in the hallway after church, and anybody that would like to participate in a game night on New Year's Eve, and if there's something that you just don't have really planned out, then they've uh, made some arrangements to make it a fun night for you. So I'm going to have them raise their hand, and so if you do exit church today and you feel like there's a desire to fellowship with, uh, your, you know, parts of the body, then uh, New Year's Eve would be a great day to do that, and they will be out there waiting for you to come see them. So, and then also if you're new here... My name is Dave. Hi, and uh, it's our pleasure to have you as a new guest. So as you walk through the front door, there's this place over there called the VIP booth. And so there's a couple hidden gems in there, some information of what's going on, and just a little bit of welcoming packets that you can enjoy, also along with some smiling faces. So you'll find all the smiling faces at the... That's right. So make sure you stop by there and check it out on your way out. And so this week, we're talking about Happy New Year. Okay, so 
we're going to warm you guys up real slow. So this week, we're going to talk about Happy New Year. Uh, you know, as much as we've went through in this year, I think that everybody would be ecstatic that it's almost over. Amen? All right. Um, with the new year, uh, you know, and it, it gives us an opportunity to reflect back at the, at the year that we're, that we're leaving. And like I said, there's so much stuff going on this year with politics, with coronavirus, with just being locked down, isolated. It's just been really hard on every single person in America. And so the joy of the new year is that you get to reflect and say, oh, my goodness, we made it. So turn to your neighbor and say, oh, my goodness, we made it. Say, thank you, Jesus, because that's the only way we could do it. And so, uh, you know, reflecting on this year and with all the things that, are, that have taken place, I'm sure everybody's heard the saying that God will not put you through more than you can handle. Amen? And uh, everybody's here. So I think part of that uh, was a realization for a lot of you guys. And so as we were putting this message together, uh, there's a lot of resolutions that take place. That's probably the biggest thing of the year is the New Year's resolutions, right? Who all here has participated in New Year's resolutions? One person. Okay. So what we did is, uh, you know, we, we put together a list. I'm not going to put it on there yet, but, uh, you know, a lot of times you see the gyms get packed right now. You see... Um, uh, just everybody's actions kind of change for a week or two. And this would be the time, I'm going to tell you, if you have an Android, this would be the time to put the Bible app on the home page so that you can check it out. If you have an iPhone, then you're not saved yet. We'll work on you after after church. <laughs> but, uh, you know, we, we do these New Year's resolutions. And uh, I put together a list of the top ten. So we're going to go one by one. So... You guys can play along. You can try and guess them as they come. But uh, what we have for number one, number 10, how many people here are praying to get organized this next year? Okay, I'm on that list. And uh, number nine is spend more time with family and friends. So who, who here is really feeling that they need to spend more time with their family? especially uh, coming out of a year like we did. Number eight is drink less. It doesn't say alcohol. So let me tell you, one of the biggest things I think that we need to, that my figure needs recovery on is drinking soda. So I'm vowing myself. How many people here drink a lot of soda? Water. And, uh, you know, I'll get to it in a minute. But uh, number seven is change jobs. Has anybody here changed your job this year? A couple of you. Okay, number six is to read more. Okay, that's an exciting one. Um, number five is to quit smoking. Now, I think anybody in this world that smokes, this coming weekend is the weekend where they say, I've had enough. And uh, every, all the ones that we care about that smoke, we, we hear it out of their mouths that they're going to quit. So uh, number four, learn something new. Number three, this is a big one, save money or spend less. 
So how many here could save a little bit of money? Number two, which I'm surprised is only number two. So we got a show of hands. Who, who needs a little bit more exercise? And that's overwhelming. So I got a funny story. My wife bought me a size smaller than what I have been preferring myself at. So I went yesterday to go take it to the store, and they, I couldn't take it back. So you know what that means, right? I made a New Year's resolution. Yeah, I'm going to lose that weight. And so the number one thing before we put it up, what do you guys think it is? The number one thing is? Did you read my notes? <laughs> oh, there, you're cheating over there. All right. I was about to give her a gold star. Now I, now I know her secret. Um, so what do all those things have in common? Change? Okay. What, what is that change for? Isn't it crazy that it takes us the end of the year to say, you know what, I made it through this year and now I can change. And so, you know, they're representing a way for every single person to become better. And I think we all have a desire in our hearts to be a better person. Amen? So um, the question that we're going to focus on today is, what are those desires? And where do they come from? So we'll pull up Romans uh, 12.2. And I'm a little old school, so I read out of the Bible. Um, and so I, I guess I'm going to read off of here because it's a different version than, than I have. So uh, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. That is an amen. You know, in this passage, uh, Paul is writing this. And as he writes this, he's urging Christians to respond to God's mercy, his forgiveness of our sin, and his inclusion in his family. And so what a perfect time right now that we can reflect on all the craziness that we've made it through. And, you know, just to, just to branch off to that, um, you know, a lot of people say, oh, my gosh, this year has been terrible. How many have had that words come out of their mouth? Quite a few. It's even come out of my mouth at first for a little bit. But uh, I have a mini Holy Spirit that I live with. And so she is able to remind me constantly of perspective. And so if you look through all of this stuff that we've went through this year, all of the craziness that this world could throw at us, the playground that the enemy has been playing on, and he's been throwing all these things at us. And, you know, our shoulders get heavy. You know, we start to feel like we're growing weary. But the good news is that we made it, that he protected us. You know, so you know, a lot of people say this is a year of, uh, of craziness or a year of suffering or I can't wait for it to be over. This is a year of prosperity. I mean, we've, we've, uh, we've made it past UFOs landing on Earth, I think. Uh, we made it through coronavirus. We made it through uh, a pretty crazy election. Um, we've made it through so much this year. And so, you know, what we're going to focus on 
for the following year, one of the things that could be a New Year's resolution is changing our perspective. And so, you know, I've had a pleasure of talking with a lot of people in this room. And, uh, you know, we, we've seen a lot of people come down for prayer. And you see a lot of burdens that are, are being carried on people's shoulders. And, uh, you know, it just seems like it's overbearing at times. You know, and it's, it, this is part of the, the piece of art that God has created the body of church to be, is that we can come down there, we can lean on our brothers and sisters, and they can lift us up and remind us that it hasn't been all bad, that there have been miracles. I've seen miracles happen every single week in this building, and that is just something to rejoice in. Um, you know, the appropriate reaction would be offering him our entire lives. So if we go through this verse, and, um, you know, it says that uh, do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. And so as we reflect on those things, the appropriate reaction to everything that we've made it through, the love that he gives us, the price that he's already paid on the cross, the appropriate reaction is offering our whole lives to him. And so uh, Paul writes that we must no longer be conformed to the world. And what does the world mean in this verse? Does anybody know? The world is often used in the New Testament to refer to the world system or the way that every human being lives by default. Uh, John describes this worldly way of living as the desires of the flesh and the desires of the eyes and pride of life. And by instinct, all of us chase those things in pursuit of happiness and meaning. And so, you know, if you reflect on those things that even 2,000 years ago, what Paul was trying to prepare us for was the ways of the world. And so as we focus on the ways of the world right now, because it's being thrown at us, what are some of the ways of the world? Fear? Amen? All right, let's get, let's get some clapping of hands. Fear is a way of the world. Let's acknowledge that. What else is a, a way of the world? Anger? Depression? Jealousy? Okay, so what about, what about social media? Oh, that's the worst. So is that our lives have conformed so much that people are dependent on these things. What else is out there in the world right now that we conform to? Pride, drugs and alcohol. You know, going through this year right now, especially being locked down, there, there's a lot of struggles. And, you know, it's, it's a thing that in our mind, God has not made us to be alone. And so naturally, the enemy is going to take that, he's going to try and use the oldest trick in the book, which is to divide and conquer. Isolation. And uh, so as we go through um, what we're going through this, this, this year, uh, the enemy is just, he's just trying to separate everybody that's involved. He's trying to separate everybody out. He tried taking us out of church, amen? But well, we came back, amen? Okay. And so when you focus on the ways of this world, and you, it's naturally, you know, God had created us with our five senses, right? What are our five senses? Smell, taste, seeing, 
hearing, touching. What was the purpose that God gave us those five senses? Does anybody know? To perceive his creation. Okay, what about, um, you know, God's, God's equipped us with everything that we need. Amen? So if we didn't have any senses, how would we know if things are hot? How would we know if uh, the bridge is out that we're getting ready to drive over? How would we know if we didn't hear somebody screaming that they are in danger? You know, so those five senses are a good thing. The, the, the problem is, is that the enemy comes out and he twists everything that, that he can. He tries to turn everything that God made for good, he tries to turn it to evil. And um, so when we go off of our five senses, then, um, you know, that's where pleasure comes in. That's where pride comes in. That's where um, the desire to need comes in. What is it? Love. Love, um, kind of. Lust would probably be a better word. And so, um, you know, that's where, the, that's where the mind starts conforming to the earth. Amen? And Paul tells us to abandon the chase for pleasure and possessions. He says to abandon the status, to stop living like everybody else. Instead, he urges us to be transformed from the inside out. So what does that look like? You know, I had a situation in my life that happened about seven years ago. And uh, I, was a, I was a perfect example of conforming to the world. I guess my wife said, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I was, I'll admit it. So I did learn, right? Obviously. My wife is right. Okay, so, you know, I went through a stage where in my marriage where it's like we first were freshly married and you know, I'm going to provide for you. I'm going to do everything for you. I'm going to be that, that man that you, that you grew up dreaming of. And then the world came into play. And all the, all the chaoticness that took my eyes from Jesus into the waves. And all of a sudden, I started waking up and my desires weren't filled. And so I went through a stage where I needed possessions. And uh, the more I had, the more prideful I got. And, you know, the thing is, is when that started not being fed, then it turned to other things. And that's where I think that alcohol and, um, you know, there's pornography, there's food, and there's so many different attacks. Now, you guys can sit out there and say, well, I'm not dealing with that. Right? Amen? Nobody out there doing that? Because you know what? The same thing is, is that you can sit there and say, I don't deal with those things. Not me. I mean, I know this preaching that you're doing is not me. But you know how much gossip there is going on right now? Do you know how many rumors there are being set? Do you know how much judgment that is happening? And who all here is guilty of judgment? I think, I think we all fall into those cases. And so Paul tells us to abandon the chase of the pleasure and the and the possessions. Um, through my story, that abandoning part, that's difficult, right? Because all of a sudden you wake up and you're so far deep into things. And uh, then you, you, you don't recognize which way is out, which way is left, which way is right. And then all of a sudden you're not pleasing anything, any part of you. 
and uh, you lose all touch of reality. And I think what the, what the enemy desires is to separate us from God so that he can just twist our life all around till we wake up. You know, in our story is that I uh, was almost on a divorce with my wife. And uh, by the grace of God that she fought for me. And she didn't let go. And, you know, so it's like those things that life can just get so far out of hand and you don't know where to wake up. And so for me, I started going to some Bible school. And I said, you know what, I'm at rock bottom right now. And how many here felt like what rock bottom is? I think that we've all been on a pretty low spot. And so I'm sitting there, I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm in rock bottom. What do I do? You know what? I'm just going to, uh, I'm just going to, I'm just going to dive in. I'm going to try and learn God's word. And so I started going to these classes and I started learning that um, the visions that I had of this world were not proper. So I kept hearing about fruits of the spirit. Everybody knows what fruits of the spirit are? Okay. Amelia, can you tell us what the fruits of the spirit are? Amen. For, you, for those that don't know, that's my daughter. I'm very proud of both my daughters. And uh, so love, joy, and peace are the three emotions that God gives us in the fruits of the Spirit. So as I started studying, I started saying, yeah, this year is going to be the year of peace. Amen? This year is going to be the year of joy. Amen? This year is going to be the year of love. Okay, so I was all excited. How do you get there? How's it all go away? Renewing of your mind? You know, that's what, when I started going through this class, I said, yep, this is what I want. I renewed my mind. This is exactly the direction I want my life to be. And so what did I do? I started digging in. I started serving. I started, my, my, my speech was different. Um, my thoughts were different. What I was putting my eyes on were different. All this thing was going on, and there was no peace. And so it's like, man, how, okay, so I know, God, that you're telling us that you're going to give us peace. When does that peace come? How many here would really enjoy to have a little bit of peace? Come on. That's only like four people. Everybody else likes living without peace. So as I was studying, you know, I said, okay, where does this peace come from? And so, you know, I asked at the time my pastor, I asked him, I said, you know, you keep telling me that you do this and you're going to get peace and peace isn't coming. I said, what's the answer? And you know what? He couldn't tell me the answer. He couldn't just say, do this, do this one thing. And so as we, uh, my wife and I started growing and maturing, we started realizing fruits of the spirit. We started realizing the desires that God has for us. Those desires are not pleasures and possessions of this world, right? The oddest thing that we learned in our journey was in order to win and defeat the enemy, then the, the only way to gain that peace and that joy is to surrender. So what, what kind of battle have I ever been in that you surrender to win? 
This is the only time in my life. It was so, I didn't, I, I didn't, I couldn't comprehend it. And that's why we weren't getting peace. That's why the joy wasn't just being fulfilled. And I think that um, as our journey took place, there is a lot of things that we've learned along the way. And so, um, things that we can do to become a better person. I'm not sure if these are on the screen notes or not, but renewing our minds. I think somebody said that. And so we go back to Romans 2, verse 12. And uh, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you. How many people here know God's will for them? One? How many people here know what God's will is for them? Okay, so I can tell you what God's will is. God's will is for you to be free. Amen? God's will is for you to enjoy every, everything that he has created for us. Is God a God of pleasure? How is God a God of pleasure? Did he create? What's that? Anything. God created all pleasure. Um, so God created sugar. That's pleasure when you're sticking it in your mouth, right? Okay, I'll take that. Natural sugar, that's good. What else is a pleasure? The birds just watching nature. You know, that's one of the biggest things that hunters really enjoy and that wives don't get to experience as much is that um, sitting out there in a box staring at nature for 14 days from daylight to, day, to daybreak. It's just, there's so much joy and so much pleasure. What else? Watching your kids grow up, that is a, an amazing thing. I hear grandkids, we haven't made it there, we're going to be another 30 years before we get there. <laughs> but watching your grandkids, what about um, the pleasures that he's given us that, that have been taken advantage of? You know, God created sex. Is that a pleasure? To have your husband or your wife? Woo! Holy goodness, did I just say that word? That's a pleasure. Let's give a hand. Because God had built a man and a woman to be together, amen? And he created women beautiful. I don't know why he fell short with men, but he created women beautiful. God created all kinds of pleasures. So the number one thing is that renewing your mind, what does that look like? And so when we went through this journey, for me, renewing my mind was, was, was not believing the lies that I fell for. And so the thing is with, with the way of the world that we get caught up is that we start believing what the enemy tells us is true. And the enemy twists and turns in the littlest ways for us to fall short of knowing what God's truth is. So renewing our minds would consist of us turning our eyes back to Jesus and I know last, last message that we did, we talked about um, uh, the healing process, and, and, and God wants us to, to uh, repent. And the word, uh, the meaning of repenting is changing your eyes, lining them back up with God, changing your views, and that's a renewing of the mind. Number two is recon recognize we are a new creation in Christ. And so... One of the things that we go through in life is, is we accept what this world has given us. And so if our parents were alcoholics 
and our great-grandparents were alcoholics, and our great-great-grandparents were alcoholics, what does that make us? The world says that makes us alcoholics. And you know what that means? You know what that's called? That's called a generational curse. And so one of the things that we've learned through our process of renewing our minds and recognizing that we are a new creature, creation in Christ is understanding that those are lies that we don't have to live with. Amen? And God gives us every tool to overturn and break every, every uh, generational curse that, that has been put on us. We have 2 Corinthians 5.17. This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone, and a new life has begun. Isn't that kind of what we do every single year when we do these new uh, New Year's resolutions? We're throwing away all the bad stuff, right? All the bad stuff that we can think of, and we're trying to create the new good stuff that we want to put in. You know, in this situation, we are, we're not just turning a new leaf, and that's one of the important things is, is the difference between a New Year's resolution and, and uh, the new creation that we are in Christ is that uh, it's not just turning a leaf, but it's a, we're a new creation. It's a beginning of a new life. So, you know, as you, as you take that opportunity and you recognize that Jesus is our Savior, you recognize that you can't go anywhere without him. And when you confess your faith to him, that is the moment that God starts moving in your heart. Number three is, watch what we are feeding ourselves. So how many of us here are feeding ourselves some pretty bad stuff? What would that consist of, stuff that we're feeding? What is it? The media. The media that's bad, yeah. What else? Social media, TV, what else? Negative people. And so, you know, one of the things that we fall for the tricks of the enemy is that we surround ourselves around people that are no good or situations that are no good or Facebook, which is a, a, it's a platform to allow people to just dump a bunch of no good stuff right into our face, right? So Proverbs 13.20 says, Walk with the wise and become wise. Associate with fools and get in trouble. How many people have gotten in trouble hanging with some fools? Mm-hmm. That's probably that fool that you were hanging out with, just to let you know. So there is change. And then number four is crucify our flesh daily, and that's Romans 6.6. 6. We know that our old sinful selves were crucified with Christ so that sin might lose its power in our lives. We are no longer slaves to sin. You know, so as we go through these four things, we recognize these are promises that God gave us. These are things that he's wrote, that he has tried preparing us for. Does this mean that all your problems go away just because we read those? So what is the solution? You know, um, when we go back to the story uh, where my wife and I have fallen so short, and I know that you guys have been through a lot with finances, Amen. You know, it's, it's hard not to fear if you're going to have a job. It's not hard to fall into fear about if your parents or your grandparents are going to get sick. 
You know, it's not hard to fall into those things right now. This is, this is a society that we live in, and they are saying it's okay. It's okay to feel this way, and they're encouraging it. You know, as we walked through our journey, and we started learning these, these things that, that God was giving us, the fruits of those spirit, we were trying to figure those out. We started understanding that our actions were not, were not showing what we were confessing with our tongue. You know, as we, uh, as we start walking in our faith and, and growing closer, what, what is the only thing you can do to start gaining a, a more closeness with God? Go ahead and say it out loud. Reading the Bible, what, what, I heard one over here. Prayer, worship. You notice that like uh, every week I'm out here and I'm raising my hands. I'm lifting them as high as I can, and I'm screaming with joy. Do you know that the enemy tried stealing everything away from me? The enemy tries to steal everything away from you. Amen? Now, if you knew what God did to defeat him, would you not raise your hands in joy every single time that you can? And so there's worship, there's praise, there's, there's, uh, there's just falling in it. So the number one thing that we have, though, is Meditate on God's word. And um, Jeremiah fifteen sixteen. When I discovered your words, I devoured them. They are my joy and my heart's delight, for I bear your name, O Lord, God of heaven's armies. Um, meditating on, what, on God's word, what does that mean? You know, one of the things when we were walking through the situation that we were walking through in our family and one of the things I fell so short on is that I went to church and I was good. I went every single Sunday. How many people here are every Sunday goers? Okay. Does that get you closer to God? So if we're meditating on God's word, what does that mean? You know, as I took that and I reflected on it, what does meditate mean? It means to study. Reflect on it day in and day out. You know how difficult it is to reflect on God's word when you don't know it? And so I'm driving and I'm like, well, what did I read? What was it that I, you know, and then all of a sudden the radio comes on and boom, that, that meditation's gone. And that thought's gone. You know that the Bible was designed to be read every single day? Who here reads the Bible every single day? You know, the thing is, is that God gives us all the tools, all the promises, all of the information that we need to know, all the, all the uh, images that he has created us under and who we are in Christ, all the promises, everything's in there. All the attacks that the enemy is going to do, he puts it all in there. He gives us a forewarning. He gives us the armor of God, which shows us, um, the, shows us how to protect ourselves. And um, if you guys don't know the armor of God... My wife and I are getting ready to start a Bible study that you can sign up at the VIP table. You can stop there and sign up. You can learn about the armor of God. But God is equipping us with everything we need to not get defeated by the enemy. Amen? So if we meditate on his word, does that mean that we go to Sunday and, and, uh, and let somebody tell us what the word is and then we go home and we're good till the next week? What does that mean? 
if you guys really want change for the new year, if people in America really wanted change for the new year, this is the number one thing that I'd probably tell them, is learn God's word. Because you know when the enemy comes at you, and he tries to defeat you, he tries to deceit you, he tries to lie, he tries to twist what God meant for good, when you know the word, you can recognize that, amen? Number two, this is a good one, give thanks. How many people here give thanks, even when it's raining down, pouring? Man, you're better than me, because I tell you, that rain comes, or that weight gets put on my shoulder, and it's just like, pretty soon I just start getting wore out, and I start getting tired, and all of a sudden, when I start looking at things that aren't going right, and I look at coronavirus and how it's got us locked down, and I haven't been sick yet. So why do I have to lock down? Why do I have to wear a mask? It's my body. It's my choice, right? Oh, my gosh. Why? Look at the politics of America right now. Why, do, why is it 2020 and we can't get an election done right? Oh, pff. why in the world is stores going out of business right now after Christmas, and I can't even take my size too small clothes back? Why? You know, there's a lot of bad things that are happening. But there's a lot of good in that too, right? I can tell you the number two thing to make this year great is to give thanks. Because you know what? God, even though you can't see the path that he's got for us, God, his plan is good. He's promised that to us. You know, if you give thanks, this is one of the things uh, with giving thanks is that this is one of the hardest things for me to try and do. I was such a negative person in a negative place. And I know we've all been there before, right? I was so negative that my family was getting ready to leave me. That was negative. And, you know, the biggest thing for me to turn around is to thank God for the girls that I have, for the house that I have, for the car that I have, for the clothes, for the food, for the shelter, for everything that I need, God has given me. And so when I started turning my, renewing my mind and started thinking about that, you know what started to happen? I started finding God's pleasures. And when you find God's pleasures, that's where you start walking in joy. How many people here have experienced joy? You know, I wish that that would just stay with us all the whole time, right? And this is the biggest secret that I learned. When, we, when, I, when I asked that question, to my pastor, and he didn't, he couldn't give me an answer. The biggest question I had was, where's this peace at? And I think it's fair to say that's what we're asking right now. We just want peace. And the biggest thing that I learned through my journey, peace comes from choosing joy. And so one of the biggest things I learned is joy is a choice. I'm going to say it again. Joy is a choice. You can be thankful, or you can focus your eyes on everything that you think is not right, anything in this world. Number three is prayer. So as we go into the next year, do we pray once a day? Do we pray once a week, once a month? So I'm going to tell you what my prayer looks like sometimes. God... I got myself here again. 
God, if you get me out of this, I promise you I'll never do it again. How many people have said that? Amen? Come on, let's be real. Okay. Did you get into it again? Mm-hmm, usually. And it's like, God, what, you know, I was told you answer prayers. You know, and that's one of the things we were talking about up front today was that um, the activation of your faith is what, what does it. But, you know, what I started finding out with prayer is that I wasn't hearing from God. I was praying and asking him, please save me. Please save me for this. Please change my mind with this. How many people here have heard from God directly? You ever think about why you haven't heard from God? Is it because he's an almighty voice in heaven and we expect the ground to shake when he talks? And we, we expect rocks to split and water to pour out? Is that what we're looking for? Let me put a perspective that I came across in my prayer life. I started realizing I was only asking him for stuff. And you know what the worst part about it is? I didn't even wait for him to answer. I just asked him and left. How many times do we do that? And I started realizing, why, did, why am I not hearing from God? Has anybody here been in a, in a one-way relationship? How fun is that? You know that God is with us all the time, right? When we believe in God, we believe Jesus died for our sins. Jesus went up to heaven. And what came down? The Holy Spirit. God made a promise that he's going to be with us all the time, right? And that's something that when we accept Christ, we receive the Holy Spirit and we're born again. Amen? So let's put this in, because there wasn't just shouts of answers out there. Let's put this in perspective. So God gave us the Holy Spirit, which is what? Jesus, God. Whenever you don't know an answer, just yell Jesus. <laughs> Works every time. So God said, I, Jesus said, I'm leaving you, but my Father is sending somebody greater than I that will be with you all the time. Amen? So the Holy Spirit is, we're carrying that with us everywhere we go. Amen? So if you did not know that before, wow, that's eye-opening because he sees the good and he sees the bad because he's with us all the time. Amen? So all the time this guy's with us and we're praying one way, and then we're leaving. And that's where, that's, that's, that's where I was at in my walk. And I started realizing, like, wow, I was in a relationship with a lot of people, bosses or coworkers or um, aunts or uncles or moms and dads. Were, and my kids probably feel like this right now, but they do all the talking. You can't get one word in. What good of a relationship is that? So if you reflect on your prayer life, and you start thinking about it, why haven't you heard from God? Usually you cannot hear from God when you're always talking. Amen? Because you know what? God talks to us every single day, throughout the whole entire day. You know, our eyes are so focused on the waves that are going down. And, uh, you know, if we, if we go back to the story of, of Peter walking on water, right? And so, everybody know that story? Amen? Okay, so he's walking on water, he gets out of the boat, and he's like, Jesus, if that's you, tell me to come out of the boat. And Jesus is like, come on. Did he, hear, did he hear God? Right? 
So he gets out on the boat, you know, and in the, in the original Greek language, it talks about the waves that were crashing were like fists in the face. That's, that's the kind of storm that was going on as Jesus was coming out to the boat. And, you know, first of all, it takes a lot of faith to get out there in that kind of environment, amen? So as, as Peter was, you know, fighting through these waves and he was focused on Jesus and he's like, all right, if it's you, I'm coming. And he starts walking on water, right? And then something hits him on the side of his face and he takes his eyes off of Jesus. And what does he do? He, he starts sinking. But the reason he starts sinking is because he started looking at the waves. So when you think about our lives right now, there's a lot of waves hitting us in the face, right? It's easy for us to get whacked out and, and take our eyes off of, of Christ. So in that situation, when he started sinking, what did Jesus do? He saved him. But what did he do before he saved him? Nothing. Jesus was sitting there reaching his hand out the whole time. And he's like, hey, hey, if you listen to me, I can help you. It's kind of like our lives right now, right? Jesus is there. He's like, you're sinking. You're looking at the waves. All you got to do is look at me. I'll give you everything you need. I'll give you every answer you, you possibly could desire. I can show you which way to go. You know, and this is one of the things that my wife and I, when we do counseling, is uh, we use an analogy. At least I do. She, she might use it, follow along with me. But there's, picture yourself with two paths. One path is a golf cart path with a golf cart, and it's a straight shot. Then there's another path that you have to walk barefoot with thorns and ridges and stones and all kinds of craziness. Which path would you guys want to take? Golf cart path? They both lead to the same place. It's kind of like what our faith walk is. How hard do we have to make it in order to get to the same place? And so, you know, that's one of the things that I learned is that God is always sitting there talking to us. And so when I started changing my prayer life, sometimes I'd have to sit there for 20 minutes and be like, oh, God, talk to me, tell me. You activate that two-way relationship with God, you realize that's going to make the biggest difference in your life. Jesus is your best friend. He's always there. The Holy Spirit is always there with you. God is always there for you. Amen? Uh, number four is confession. And it's 1 John 1, 9. And, but if we confess our sins to him, he is faithful and just to forgive our sins and to cleanse us from all wickedness. Amen? So confession, what does that mean? I mean, we have to list out every sin that we've ever done in life. Ooh, got quiet. <laughs> Boy, did it get quiet. Um, what does confession mean? You know, go ahead. Tell on yourself. You know, it says in the, in the Bible, confess your sins to God and you are forgiven. Confess your sins to one another, and you are healed. And I could never wrap my head around that. Why do we have to confess our sins? Well, the thing is, is that when, when we follow this image that we're walking in, in the Holy Spirit, and we're keeping secrets, and we're trying to pray, we're trying to communicate with God, we're trying to be a best friend, and we are in a situation right now that we're trying to keep this away from them, though, what does that do? 
You know, if we just get everything out there and we just dump everything at his feet and we do a total surrender of everything that is going on with us, you know what I realized? That confession happens almost every time I pray because I, I started realizing that God's listening to me. He's understanding what I'm going through. He's understanding these struggles. And so that created my relationship with him just so much stronger. And number five, I added, I'm not sure if we have those notes in there or not. And this is the last one, to a healthy new year. And this is a deep one. And it's tithing. So, you know, that's one of the things that I went through in my journey again. I was a rough guy, so I had a long journey. And the church just wants my money. They just want my money. You know, the, uh, God says that wherever our treasure is, our heart is well. And so, you know, if I really reflected and meditated and tried to study what that meant, it's like my, my attitude toward tithing was because my heart was where my treasure was. And if I can't give my heart to God and I can't give everything to him and surrender everything over and allow him control, if I'm not telling him, Jesus, you take the wheel, and I can't trust him with the first of my money, what kind of relationship is that? That's a one-way relationship again. You give me, but I can't give you. You know that everything's God's. So one of the things that was really humbling in my walk, in my strength of walking in the spirit, is tithing. Now, God says give how much? Man, that's a lot of money. And so then I'm over there with my wife. I'm like, does that mean 10% of your net? <laughs> or does it mean 10% of your growth? That, even that makes a big difference. And then if you do this, you know, it's like, well, you know, if I pay all my bills right here and I, I try and save whatever's left and I can give it to God, that's good, right? Amen? Why, why does God say put him first? Because guess what? It's a transformation of your heart. This is one of the biggest things I had to do is that it didn't matter to me anymore. It's his. And when you release that, you know how many problems you're releasing with that money? And it's not about the church needing money, that's for sure. We come from a church that was debt-free. And they never really, they never really put, put tithing out there. That's one of the things that we did learn, though, is that, you know what? Everything we do, we give them the first. So we took that a step further in our relationship, our new relationship with Christ. And we give them the first day of our week, right? Which is first part of the morning. Start waking up and giving them the first hour of our day in prayer. We start giving them every single thing that we have in our, in our uh, finances. And do you know that the changing of the heart was so tremendous that God said, you know what, because of your faith, you will be blessed. Does that mean that we're going to be rich? No, it didn't work for me. But I can tell you one thing it did do. It showed me that God will never ask for anything that he won't provide for. 
It changed my heart to focus away from the negative things of finances and know that I'm trusting God to take the wheel. Amen? And so, um, you know, as we go into this new year, there's a lot of funny things. I mean, you see guys posting those big buff pictures online, social media for the first week of, of January, right? And how dedicated they are, and then you start to see everything fall out. And you start seeing all these little crazy diets that come out and commercials that pump out, and, you know, we're all guilty of trying something to try and better. You know, but as we focus on what's truly going to change this next year is not of this world. And God tells us that. It's within the renewing of our mind. It's the transformation of ourselves. And, you know, you can go to Sunday and try and make it through the whole rest of the week. But that's not what God intended. That's not the relationship that he intended for us. And if we're truly living according to what God's will is, then uh, he is going to bless us. He's, gonna, he's going to give you everything that you need. And you're going to be able to recognize that. You're going to recognize that everything you have is good. And that you just trust and lean in him. You know, one of the things I started this message off with is that God never puts us through anything we can't handle. Amen? Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to trick you. That's a false statement. God never puts us through this. Sin created this. Sin created all the bad things of this world. The enemy is trying to steal every piece of joy that he can steal from you. And God did not do that to you. So when you, next time you hear somebody say, God doesn't put you through that, more that you can handle, God didn't put you through any of it. What God does is he takes your hand and he walks you through it. And that's truly what a best friend is. Amen? Let's pray. Lord, we just... Uh, we just thank you for this year. We thank you for the joy that you have put in our lives with our children, with our children's children, and with our children's children's children that are coming. Lord, we, we thank you for your love that is everlasting, your promises that never fail, and the image that you have, that you've created as perfect. You've cre created us perfect to be exactly how you want us to be. Lord, you know our struggles. You know our pains. You know our fears. But also, Lord, you know our joy. You know our pleasures. You know what our heart desires, what we seek for. You know that emptiness that we want filled. You know that we want to feel your presence. Lord, this year, we just dedicate ourselves to you. We dedicate our lives to changing for the better. And that's not in monetary items. Lord, we just, we just hand over our lives to you because to get victory, Lord, we have to surrender. Lord, we surrender to you right now. Anything that is not going right, anything that has been a struggle, whether it's employment and finances, whether it's family members and sickness, whether it's fear and anxiety, those struggles that we have, Lord. Take them away. Right now, Lord, we invite you to take the wheel. 
Lord, we don't want to handle these things on our own any longer. Lord, we want to be lifted up in your joy, in your peace. We want to experience your love. We want to have all these fruits that you give us, Lord. And anything that has taken our eyes away from you, anything that has diverted our attention away from where it needs to be, Lord, we're laying that at your feet right now. The good news is, Lord, we don't have to wait till the New Year's to hit the reset button. You give us that reset button every time we turn our eyes back to you. Lord, lift us up that we can be an example of what your power can do, what your miracles are made of. Lord, let us be an example to the desire to study your word and to learn who you truly are instead of focusing on ourselves. Lord, as a two-way relationship, let us soften our hearts to serve you, to be closer to you, to be filled by you, to experience you, Lord, and all the pleasures that you have for us. And the biggest thing that we promise you, Lord, this year is our perspective is going to change. But we're going to focus on everything you give us, everything we have. We're not going to fall for tricks of the enemy unnecessarily. We're going to lean on you. We're going to dig in deeper with you. We're going to rely on our body to just lift each other up. We're going to go stronger. We're going to proclaim your glory. We're going to feel the freedom that we can live within you, Lord. This year is a year of change. And Lord, instead of wallowing in the darkness that the earth has thrown at us, we're going we're gonna to jump up and we're going to rejoice in the promises that you gave us. This year we're going to proclaim is going to be a year of victory. And Lord, we're not going to stop until we experience that. Lord, we just pray that you, you light our steps, you go before us. Guide us, lead us, show us. Show us not only for ourselves, Lord, that we can break generational curses, that our children will have it better than we had. Lord, just, uh, just show us your way. We just thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. From all of us at Vertical Life Church, we want to say thank you for listening. If this ministry has blessed you in any way, please consider making a tax-deductible donation to www.blchurch.tv forward slash give. Thank you, and God bless.